Bruce Nolan is standing by. Hey, Wacky Bruce! Coming to you from an undisclosed location, this is the Bruce Exclusive. And here's your host, Bruce Nolan. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. Well, we're going to go for as long as we can this evening, this morning, this afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast, because my voice is beginning to fail me. I did a show earlier this evening with Anthony Prohaska from Cover One, and my voice started to go at the end of that show, and I thought, goodness gracious, I still have to record my own show. So we're going to go as long as we can this evening while still having some pipes about me. And today's show is about skills and traits, and it's about naming things and why names are important. And I'm going to start with a story. A couple weeks ago, my wife started telling me that she wanted a dehydrator. She wanted to get a dehydrator for the kitchen. And she started telling me about all these things that she could do if she had a dehydrator. My wife likes to watch some domestically inclined YouTubers and the meals that they cook and the gadgets they use and so on and so forth. And she told me that she really wanted a dehydrator. In typical Bruce fashion, I immediately began researching dehydrators. The positives, the negatives, the name brands, the types that were good. I read all the user reviews. I thought about capacity and how much it would matter for our family size. And I eventually, after about a week's worth of research, I picked out a dehydrator that I wanted to get her. So I did. I got her a dehydrator. So the day came for the dehydrator to be delivered. And I was very excited. And it got delivered and she was very excited. She was so surprised. She said, thank you so much for getting this for me. And we opened it. And she started looking at it. And then all of a sudden her face changed. Her countenance was a little different. I said, what is it? She goes, are you ready for a funny story? I said, it depends. How funny of a story is it? She said, this whole time I've been talking about dehydrators. What I actually wanted was a freeze dryer. And we laughed and laughed and laughed because she is going to get good use out of this dehydrator. But I put all this work into researching the proper dehydrator. And it turns out that the thing she actually wanted to tell me that she wanted was a freeze dryer, which is not the same. So although we got a good laugh about it, naming things appropriately is important. Calling things by their correct name matters. And one of the things that you're going to hear a lot over the next week, and you probably have heard ad nauseum during this entire NFL draft cycle, is the word traits. You've heard traits, bet on traits, you've talked about positive traits. One of the things that's important to note is that traits are not the same things as skills. But you don't really see it out there anywhere where there can be a line drawn between the two. Sometimes the two words are used interchangeably. In fact, 
I'll level with you. There's been times when I've probably slipped and used them interchangeably, but I'm not gonna anymore because I spent the time necessary to sit down, take notes, and draw the difference between skills and traits because what we call something matters. Skills are aspects that can seem minor or major improvement through effective repetition or direction. We're going to start there and I'm going to say it again. Skills are aspects that can see minor or major improvement through effective repetition or direction. Traits, on the other hand, are aspects that can see zero to minor improvement through effective repetition or direction. So skills, minor to major. Traits, zero to minor. Thus, the difference between the two lies in the capacity for improvement. Hence the phrase, can't coach that when it comes to traits. Can't teach that. God-given, those words, they describe traits. So let's examine this a little bit. Let's examine our definition and put it into context. Height is a trait. How much improvement can you see in your height through effective repetition or direction? After you reach puberty, after you've gone through your growth spurt, essentially nothing. Arm strength, it's a trait. Why? Can you see minor improvement to arm strength? Yes, you can. There are quarterbacks who can improve their arm strength by a little bit. Again, minor improvement through effective repetition or direction. How about accuracy throwing the ball? That's a skill. Why? Primarily based on mechanics. Swings can be drastic in the same person at two different times. One of the things that I think we've learned from the Josh Allen experience is that accuracy is a skill, not a trait. Through proper mechanics usage, you can see significant improvement. Now remember, our definition of skill, minor to major improvement. So that's the range, minor to major. So is accuracy a skill? Yes. Why? Because you can see major improvement. You can also just see minor improvement, but the range is from minor to major, not zero to minor. If the range was from zero to minor, it would be a trait. So height, trait, arm strength, trait, accuracy, skill, speed, trait. Can you improve your speed a little bit through proper technique of running? Yes, you absolutely can. Is most of it, is the vast majority of it God-given trait? Yes. Leadership. Leadership is a skill. Its swings can be drastic in the same person at two different times. People can learn to be a better leader. You're probably not the same leader you were 10 years ago. You might be better. You might be worse. But the potential and capacity for improvement lies between minor and major, not zero and minor. Therefore, leadership is a skill. Agility, trait. Explosion, trait. Flexibility, trait. But this is where it gets tricky. What about pass rushing? Pass rushing is a skill whose ceiling is dictated by the presence of traits. Think about that. Your repertoire as a pass rusher. 
the moves that you can and cannot pull off. These are dictated by the traits you have. Length, explosion, speed. Your ability to have skill is intrinsically affected by your underlying traits. The same thing goes with route running as a wide receiver. If you say someone is a skillful route runner, route running is a skill. But it is a skill whose ceiling is dictated by the presence of traits, explosion, agility, speed. So we've gone through a list of some of these things. Height, trait, arm strength, trait, accuracy, skill, speed, trait, leadership, skill, agility, trait, explosion, trait, flexibility, trait, pass rushing, skill that is served by the traits, route running, skill that is served by the traits. Now that we've done this, just a brief exercise, is it any wonder that the phrase bet on traits exists? Because a lot of what it takes to be a football player is determined by either traits or is at least something that is bled into by the presence of traits. You bet on traits because they have the least capacity for improvement and are more rigid and less fluid aspects of playing football. You bet on traits because traits permeate so much of playing football that even some skills have their highs and lows governed by the presence of or lack of traits. Projection is what the draft is about. Projection is the traits close to where they currently are with the skills in a better place than they currently are. Think of a player that you would consider to be a bet on traits player. Think of a player like Tariq Woolen, cornerback, UTSA. Tariq Woolen has a lot of traits. When you watch his film, you would not anticipate that you would walk away from it calling him an overly skilled cornerback at this present time. But that's what projection is. Projection is the understanding that traits can maybe be improved a little bit, but ultimately... They're close to what they currently are. They're always going to be close to what they currently are. But the skills don't have to be. The skills could be markedly greater than what they currently are. Or they could just remain the same. They could never get any better. But that's what projection is. Projecting a player is seeing the future, a future version of this player where their traits are are in the same zip code as where they currently are. Why? Because they can only ever maybe be minorly improved. But the skills could be majorly improved. That's what projection is. It's imagining that player with similar level of traits, but higher level of skills when you trust your coaches. The Buffalo Bills have done this. They drafted Gregor Rousseau. They drafted Josh Allen. They drafted Tremaine Edmonds, people who were overflowing with traits at Oliver, overflowing with traits. But they wanted there to be a gap in skill level so that when that player ends up being coached up, you can see the projection that you envision in your mind's eye when it comes to that player. So it's very important that we call things by their correct name. We call a trait a trait. And we call a skill a skill. 
But we also recognize that the reason why teams bet on traits, the reason why players with significant traits go high in the draft and players who are probably more skilled but have lesser amounts of traits end up going lesser in the draft, they end up going lower, is because players who are already really skilled but don't have the traits are viewed as being maxed out. There is no projection for this player. You think about a player being maxed out. I don't know how much more we can get from him. Why? Because the skill level is already as high as his traits will allow. Because remember, a lot of skills are dictated by the presence of traits. Well, he's already reached his ceiling. What do we mean in that sense? He's already performing at the maximum amount their traits will allow. In order for them to become more skillful, they would have to have traits they don't have. They'd have to have the traits they have in a more significant fashion, and they don't. There's no room for the skill up to take place because it's being stopped by the lack of ceiling due to the lack of traits. And that's why those players go later in the draft, because that is the perception of them. And that's why it's so important to call a trait a trait to call a skill a skill, and to recognize that even the skills are made possible by the presence of traits. We are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Stick with me. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for joining me for this edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. We talked about skills. We talked about traits. We talked about why it matters and why to call the right things the right things. We talked about dehydrators and freeze dryers. And we are going to try and get through some emails before I lose my voice. Pete says, hey, Bruce, a quick question I'd love to hear your thoughts on. How should the information from a mock draft simulator be consumed? Best Pete. So funny story. I was going to do an entire episode on mock draft simulators this offseason. I didn't get to it. Maybe I'll do it next offseason. I'm not sure. You never know. The, a meteor could hit the world between now and then, and the Rooster Exclusive could be a thing of the past. But the way that I interpret mock draft simulators is this. It gives me a general ballpark for the consensus on a prospect from the simulator that I'm working from. If Cam Taylor Britt is consistently available in the third round, but not the fourth round, then I feel comfortable saying he's probably not available in the fifth, barring something medical. 
as a general rule, it's about two rounds. Two rounds is the way I interpret that. Now, I do think Cam Taylor Britt's going to end up being a second round pick. I do think that's the case. But it gives you kind of a general buffer. The more you learn about these players, the more you develop your own opinions about these players, the less helpful mock draft simulators can be in that fashion. But I'll tell you what, I think they're a wonderful place to start. I think they're a wonderful place to start your draft experience. What are some names you keep seeing popping up in mock draft simulators? Maybe I should go look at these people. Maybe I should go investigate these names I keep seeing pop up. Why does this one player keep sticking out? Because sometimes one of the most difficult things to do when you're evaluating prospects is, where do I start? Where do I start? One of the things that's effective is listening to Locked On Bills with Joe Marino on Fridays during the season where he says, hey, here are some prospects tomorrow on the Saturday college games to keep an eye on. But maybe you're not a huge college person. Maybe you don't get into the draft at all until after the season. Where would you start? With the mock draft simulators. Give you some general starting point and a little bit of like a, it's a little bit like paying bumper bowling, right? You get to put up the bumpers and yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to do well, but if you're someone who's prone to gutter balls, then the bumpers could save you a little bit. And it helps you put bumpers up on prospects. So that's the way that in shorthand, I interpret and utilize a mock draft machine at the very beginning. Now, I start with my draft prep at the beginning of college football season. So by the time we get to the end, I have a pretty good feel for a lot of these prospects. But if I didn't, that's how I would use it. Evan says, okay, last week, I sent in something I thought was an absurd take. Apparently, being going mob boss and trading Jordan Poyer to Jacksonville or Houston isn't crazy enough. So much like predicting Josh Allen would have the single greatest postseason by a quarterback ever, I'm upping the ante. Brandon Bean calls up John Lynch and trades Jordan Poyer, A.J. Epinesa, and pick 25 for Debo Samuel, Nick Bosa, and pick 105 in the third. Yep, you're right. That's absurd. Maybe the most absurd. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I am completely okay with the absurdity of that take because it's it's on brand for you, Evan. And that's about all I'm going to have time for today because my voice is beginning to fail me again. So I recognize this podcast is going to be, oh, there it is, going to be a little shorter than usual. So if that upsets you, then I don't think I have anything else to say aside from, well, that's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm Bruce Nolan, Buffalo Rumblings. <laughs>